Oh man, I can't wait to play the new Mario game. They say it's the most immersive one yet. Alright, here we go. And start. Sega! Hmm, that's weird. Oh, oh whatever, whatever. Press start to play! And start. Hello, Brandon! Hey, whoa, it knows my name. That's right, I do know your name. It responds to me. I'm talking directly to you, Brandon. What the hell is going on? I'm going to come out of your TV now. No, no, please. Oh, God, you're wetter than the ring girl. It's me, Mario. Uh, hi. Okay, Brandon, are you ready to start your quest? Um, I don't know. You're going to need to kill as many small creatures in your neighborhood as possible. Uh, in, in Mario, right? No, this is in real world time. Go squash a cat. Uh, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Then you'll need to kill some turtles. Make sure you throw their shells at other small creatures. Mario, what is going on? Why is this? Why are you? This is so dark. People wanted realism. I'm giving it to them, bitches. Okay, you know what? This is like. Don't, can't I just like save the princess? Like she's in another castle. Can't we just go through that? No, or? this is in real life. You have to make your way all the way to Bathurst. Oh dear, that's that sounds. That, okay, you know, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with this. Uh, it I, doesn't I, matter. You started playing. You have to finish the game. And what if I don't? I'll kill Mariah. Oh Jesus! All right, all right. I'll I'll start. I'll start the game. I'll start the game. Okay. Make sure if you go out there and people try to shoot at you, just jump on the bullets. It works for me. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sure. Okay. Off on your way. Remember to vanquish the innocent and make the streets run red with blood, like my overalls and my mama's mama marinara sauce. What's up, everyone? It's a new episode. New episode of What Were They Thinking? What's your name? Well, my name's Nathan. I'm Brendan. Well, that's that's and... handy and convenient. <laughs> it's almost like we rehearsed that. Hmm. This, uh, this week we are talking about a very important film. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> that was selected by uh, one of our patrons. And thank you to them. <laughs> this is a doozy. Uh, Erica selected 1994's uh, horror slash thriller slash sort of a comedy at times, Brain Scan. Thank you so much, Erica. This was the best. The best. Starring Ed- Edward Furlong, Frank Langella, and a bunch of other motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> T. Ryder Smith as the trickster, yeah. as if you know who that is. <laughs> He's continued to work. Apparently, he's done a lot of like video game stuff. 
That I did not know. I saw the name come up. I think it was even like an introducing credit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's rough when you see that credit and then you don't know who that person is. <laughs> it's been an older in an older movie. <laughs> it's like that time we watched uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And introducing and exiting. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brain Scan, 1994. Um Normally, I have some stuff, you know, before we get into the movie. I don't really have a lot about this movie. However, one thing that I thought is interesting... So, directed by John Flynn, um, and I didn't really look to see what else he directed. I'm assuming not a whole lot. Uh, however, written by someone who actually has written quite a bit of interesting stuff. Oh, yeah? So, it was written by uh, Brian Owens, and the man in question is Andrew Kevin Walker... Two first names. And he wrote such films as... uh, Just one second here. Oh my god, come on. He wrote such films as Seven. (laughs) What? Eight Millimeter. Okay. Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. uh, The Wolfman, the 2010 one. Oh. And something called Nerdland. He wrote Seven. (laughs) That's impressive. And, I mean, he is the sole writer. No, I just mean it's impressive he got work after this movie was made. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And especially something like that. (laughs) Like, I mean, the wolf, man, you know, whatever. But, I mean, Seven, like, he was the only writer on that movie. And that movie is, like, you know, it's a highly regarded film. Yeah. Uh, A great piece of work. It's just, it's crazy what he started uh, with. (laughs) Well, you know, well, honestly, he did the screenplay right mm-hmm. he didn't write the original story well and also he's the he's one of two writers on this movie so yeah he, I, reed punched it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> gave the trickster all his hilarious punchlines. <laughs> so uh, one thing also okay so the thing i wanted to mention was, so the director john flynn had this to say about eddie furlong about edward furlong the star of the film He said, the main interest for me in this movie was the trickster character, who we'll talk about later. Um, The trickster was the core of the movie and what attracted me to the script. We found this stage actor, T. Ryder Smith, to play the trickster, and he was extraordinary. Eddie Furlong was a 15-year-old kid who couldn't act. You had to, quote-unquote, slap him awake every morning. I don't want to get into knocking people, but I was not a big Eddie Furlong fan. (laughs) Yep. That's that's from the director of the film. <laughs> I mean, and this was like, you said 94. 94. So he would have been like, yeah, crazy high off of Judgment Day, Terminator Drugs? 2. Oh, yeah. okay. So. <laughs> like, you just meant he was high. Well, that too, probably, but. <laughs> I don't know if he was like a Drew Barrymore where he started really early or for that it just came later, but he was definitely like. It was a big name at the time. I mean, yes. it had maybe dwindled a tiny bit because it had been a few years, but still, like, T2 is a giant movie. It's so. a cultural touchstone. I mean, really. Yeah. It's like if, it's like if when Leo did, like, The Beach in, two, or was it The Beach? Yeah, The Beach in, like, 2000, which was, like, three years after Titanic. Like, everyone knew who fucking Leo DiCaprio was, even though it was three years later. Right. Um... But let's talk about Brain Scan, Nathan. Yes, let's. 1994's Brain Scan. A triumph <sighs> release. Triumph. And all I could think of was the dog from Oh, Conan. all I could think of was not really. 
as in this was not a triumph. Well, I don't know what you're talking about because this these filmmakers were so confident that they didn't even release what the budget of the movie was. No. Um, but I do have what it made in theaters. Okay. Uh, that would be uh, $4,352,000. I wonder how much it made in the home video market. I mean, it probably did all right. Because that's where I, f- I saw it. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I had a weird thing with this movie. I started watching it and I felt like I had seen it or at least parts of it and just never realized it because some stuff felt very familiar. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it, it has been so long. Maybe I just shut it out of my brain, on my brain or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay. So we start this movie off with basically an MTV music video, right? The way this is shot. Well, I mean, at the very first, we get to see that they hired some Canadian actors to be in the movie. Because we open with Littlest Hobo running across the screen with a foot in his mouth. (laughs) But now, I looked back because obviously we find out later, but could you tell... From the opening that it was a foot in his mouth? Cause I no, hard to I'm see. just saying that yeah. because it's how they bookend the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we'll get into later because that makes no sense yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. The dog starts off. It is the littlest hobo. <laughs> same same actor, guys. Don't <laughs> don't fact check us. And he's got a foot in his mouth. Um, like probably, you know, most of the producers on this movie. <laughs> And no, and then they're they're showing like so. Ed for, Eddie Furlong as a kid is involved in this horrifying car accident. Yep. Um, that ends up like some crazy makeup work on his knee. Oh, it's just gashed to hell. And his his uh, his mother dies in the accident. Mm. Um, now as they're so we're cutting back and forth. So he's dreaming. He's like remembering about remembering this. Yeah, we keep getting shots of like the dream, which is the car accident and his flop sweat. Did you... I thought that he was masturbating. Good. It... It's... I, mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Are you... It, did it not look like that? I'm disappointed in you. You didn't think it looked like he was masturbating? I'm not saying that it might not have looked like that, but as soon as I see, like, it's a car accident and his mom's dying, I'm like, yeah, he's well, probably having a dream. Well, that's... Well, yes, but that's why I noticed it, because I thought it was very out of place. Um, and I thought he, I thought he was like moving his hand down below. So that's why I was just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and I was like, oh, are they going to, are they going to start this off by saying that he gets off on like, you know, violence and stuff in this way? Like I was like, this is disturbing. We do get, uh, an interesting credit. The fellow who did the music from the movie, not the soundtrack, which like, like the incidental music, mm-hmm. George Clinton. Yes, from the Parliament Funkadelic. But not that George Clinton, unfortunately. Oh, it's not? Not not to my knowledge. Okay, because I thought it was. It's like George F. Clinton or something like that. Yeah, I saw his name and I was like, oh my god, is is he going to be like, is the <laughs> the trickster going to show up to like, we want the funk? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. He does show up to a Primus song, so that's pretty yeah. funky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the soundtrack is uh, something is, is something else. Um, yeah. You would never guess this movie was made in the '90s from the soundtrack. <laughs> you do get a, a pretty sweet surgical nightmare uh, in the opening credits because they not only do you understand that his knee was all messed up, they show his knee being all messed up like crazy, gory. Oh yeah, like like ridiculously gory. Yeah. 
his knee is basically like a zombie bit his leg. And, and actually, it's probably one of the gorier scenes in the movies because for the most part, with the exception of a few scenes, it's a fairly bloodless horror movie. And it's rated R. Well, I mean, when they do show the gore, they don't pull the punches. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I think I I think it's also like you know they, there's a lot of there's a lot of cussing. Yes, they, that they, too. They use some some fucks and some shits and boobies. <laughs> yeah, for like thir- uh, point five seconds. Hey, okay. <laughs> boobies are boobies. Um. So anyway, after he has this nightmare, mm-hmm. we uh, we see Edward Furlong's room. Which holy shit is this guy like gonna be, end up being Bill Gates in the future or something? Like <laughs> his setup oh my is insane. God. Yes, makes it's, no sense. Well, it's it was right at that time when me- computers started to become magic. Yeah, exactly. We've we've talked about this in uh, a lot of movies we've covered. Um, I I think even even Criminal, which was from like two years ago. Mm-hmm was part of that uh, Computers Are Magic uh, school of thought, which made me think that that movie was actually super older than it was. <laughs> but there was other movies, like, uh, I'm trying to think now, maybe like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, there's something else where we had computers and we were just like, what is going on? Well, I mean, there's just, it's just in general, and, um, oh, goodness. Yeah. Not, not well, Legged what... Freaks, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, I like it freaks, right? This is my software that shows how big spiders get if, yeah. they, if they absorb toxins. So there you go. <laughs> well, and like, um, so he's got this, so let's say what it is. So basically he has, a, he has his phone, he has this like computer program where it's like uh, an Igor character. Yeah, but it's voice activated. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. It's 2018. Yeah, my car's voice-activated dialing system is nowhere near as accurate and responsive as this one from 1994. <laughs> I also like how he's clearly programmed Igor to just hang up when he says later. Yes, and could you ima- if we were having a conversation, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that later. Click, <laughs> right? Yeah, why don't we get pizza later? Oh fuck, Igor, call him back. Yeah. <laughs> And then I notice sometimes Igor says who's calling, and then sometimes he doesn't. And here's the best. So he gets a call right away from his friend Kyle, mm-hmm. and not only does he say Kyle is calling, but he has, like, a montage of pictures that pop up. Yes. Of Kyle, like, who took those photos? I'm, I'm guessing he did or they did. But here's another <laughs> thing, too. Digital cameras? Not a thing. Nope. So they would have had to... Taken those pictures, gotten them developed, <laughs> then used a super expensive scanner to put them onto his computer. Right. <laughs> it's just, this movie was ahead of its time. Yeah. I think we've discovered that. <laughs> I think the uh, Andrew Kevin Walker knew what was up. He knew what was coming. Or <laughs> or the alternative version of that is he was like, okay, look, I got an offer to write seven, so let's just hurry this up. I don't care. <laughs> It was nice to see that both uh, Kevin and Edward Furlong, uh, not Kevin, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. Kyle and and Edward Furlong were Rollins fans. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One of them had like a... Both of them did. Okay. Kyle had had a poster. It was just like an intense stare face from Rollins. 
and uh, Edward Furlong. Michael, I want to say, is his name. Oh, yes, I think so. I just kept calling him Eddie. Yeah. Um, he had a, a poster from, like, Rollins, I think, second or third spoken word compilation called The uh, Boxed Life, which is pretty cool, too. And not to mention his giant Alice Cooper fridge deckle. Yeah, because so many teenagers in 1994 were super into Alice Cooper. Right, or how about the giant uh, fridge magnet of pizza? Well, that was my favorite. I know, but just like, and it wasn't just like a pizza. It was like a pizza as like someone's pulling up a piece. Like, Mm -hmm. you know how they they show it on TV where it's all like cheesy and stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, the 90s are wonderful. They Um, were. (laughs) So, yeah, so Kyle's calling him and he's immediately like, dude, there's this new interactive (laughs) CD-ROM and it's called BrainScan. You're in the game, man! I know you're into horror, which we established that these guys are like horror fanatics and video games. And for some reason, the Three Stooges? Who doesn't love the Three Stooges? I know, it's just a funny, like... (laughs) It's just funny that they establish him as this, like, horror and video game fan, and also Three Stooges. They're renaissance men. What do you want? <laughs> such. I feel like they wanted to put something else, but, like, couldn't afford the rights or something. So they just got something that was, like, well, like copyright It would have been expired. better if they'd been, in, like, the, into Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> like, Buster Keaton watching, like, or something. Buster Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> watching, like, The General or something. <laughs> It's it, that makes. By the way, that makes two movies we've covered on this show where the characters are inexplicably watching Three Stooges. I don't think there's anything inexplicably about it. There's who doesn't love the Three Stooges? It's just, filthy it's just, commies. That's who. It, oh, I didn't say anything against them. I just think it's a weird detail. No, I think anybody you know should be watching <laughs> Three Stooges when they get the chance. Well. <laughs> that so Edward Furlong and the Garbage Pail Kids are the Three Stooges' biggest fans. <laughs> or fans, I don't biggest fans. I but... don't know. Garbage Pail Kids got pretty excited. But let's not talk about the Garbage Pail Kids in Lethal Weapon. Really? See, that makes a bit more sense to me, though, based on his character. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so Brain Scan, interactive CD-ROM. He's going on and on about it, but Eddie Furlong's a little distracted because he's a perv. He is such a perv. But we've she needs blinds. I mean, she's you can oh, yeah. tell by what she's doing. She kind of knows. Well, I think I think they establish almost right away that she does know. Yeah. Because she as soon as so she just like this girl across the way is next door neighbor who by the way, the um Eddie Furlong is about 16, 15, 16 when they shoot this movie. Uh this girl's 23. Yeah. I looked that up because I was like, she doesn't look like a teenager at all. <laughs> but she's changing. She's full on changing. Takes her shirt right off. Yep. You know, boobs out. <laughs> you see them for about, oh God, like a second, maybe. Well, because if you don't pause the movie. Yeah. And neither of us did that, right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I noted here, so... So Eddie Furlong staring at her. I would have been. I mean, I still would have thought he was creepy if he had like taken out binoculars. But the gets, fact that he has a video he gets out a camera, camera. How is yeah. that less pervy? What? No, no, no. I'm saying slightly less pervy if he had the binoculars. Oh, okay. More pervy. <laughs> more pervy that he actually takes out a video camera. <laughs> 
and starts recording it. Well, you gotta you gotta cherish these magical memories and save not them only, any way you can. Not only that, but again with the technology, his camera is sending like snapshots to his computer at the same time. Yeah, like what? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, and she reacts so. He he's so he's he's you know recording you know what folder he has those pictures sent to on his uh, computer spank bank nope <laughs> magical memories <laughs> wait is that an actual thing <laughs> no oh okay I just I memories like, I sound like memories so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I got I got you I just, okay. I thought you meant that was an actual part of the movie I was like oh my god did I miss that no that'd be great though. <laughs> If I, ever, if if I like... ever get a chance to write the reboot, <laughs> which you will, yeah, oh, yeah, mine gonna... will take a different direction pretty shortly coming up here. <laughs> um, well, so creepily, he sits there and calls her, mm-hmm. and then just watches her answer the phone and doesn't say anything, and then hangs up. Yeah, but then you get that one shot where she's like looking directly into the camera. Yes. So you know she knows. You know she knows. And it's almost like the movie's like, hey, you know what? It's okay, because, like, if you do this, guys, chances are the girl probably likes it or she's doing it too. <laughs> it's it's a weird message. Oh, a- please. Movies from the 80s and 90s and even today are filled with weird messages like that. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, that that is... That, this one also has a weird message yes. like, like that because <laughs> the, the way they like kind of uh uh <laughs> um i don't want to say support what's the word i'm looking for justify that mm. is by by her going i've been doing the same thing to you yeah <laughs> like all right <laughs> so they're both pervs um but um i wrote down buddies forever oh yeah <laughs> So Ed Furlong and Kyle are hanging out, or they're on the phone or whatever, and uh, that's their sign-off. That's their kind of like, you know, buddies forever? Yeah, buddies forever. Well, so he he calls the number to to order brain scan. Mm-hmm. And he's like... In, he's in, being... in Fangoria Magazine, by the way. Which yes. Name drop. Product yeah. placement. Um, So, well, they're actually... You know what? I don't think they're the most egregious of the product placements in this. How many Aerosmith things did you count in this movie? In like in the background? Yeah. I don't. I, I maybe I wasn't paying attention. Oh my god! There was a ton, a ton of Aerosmith like posters. There was uh, a thing for like Aerosmith, uh, like a tour, uh, travel that the school like, was going on or something, or the kids could go to see Aerosmith. Every, I think every single teenager's room that we saw had an Aerosmith poster or two in it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it makes sense that there would be because the set deck in this movie is insane. Yeah. <laughs> There's just like, whoa, what would, what would a cool teen have on his wall? <laughs> posters of this and this. And let's put a giant Alice Cooper decal on the fridge and, <laughs> Pizza! Kids love pizza! I, I feel that a lot of the, uh, the the set decoration on this went with, man, kids like this, right? <laughs> and, and and it was probably said by, like, a 50-year-old producer. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> he calls, and he's pretty dismissive 
about how you know super scary their game's gonna be and then then somehow they hack his computer system and send him into a seizure total recall style yeah which his mouth got wet and that was gross well something (laughs) something for the teenage ladies I don't know why but the other even though there was like feet getting cut off and like blood and everything that part grossed me out the most (laughs) just like saliva all over his mouth (laughs) yeah But yeah, he gets, so that happens, and like, does he, uh, how, how incredulous does he react to this? Well, he's just like, he just kind of wipes it away, and he's, you know, it's been decided he's gonna play Death by Design. Yeah. And he'll be getting your first disc in the mail. And he's like, whoa, that was weird. Anyway, time to go to school. Yeah, not like, you know what, they just you know, sent me into a seizure and somehow managed to hack my 1994 computer system. <laughs> oh my God. It doesn't, <laughs> I, there's so many times in this movie where I'm like, why isn't anyone reacting to anything? Yeah. Just like there is anyway. Yeah. We'll get into some of the later insanity, but yeah, this, so, this is the first time I was like, you just got like fucking electrocuted through the phone. <laughs> you should be like, Seeking help, or yeah, something. Let's let's head to the horror club. Oh boy! Now, the movie that they were watching was it a legit movie? See, I wanted to ask you that. I figured maybe you would know, but I I, I had I looked in like like goof credits and and things like that on IMDb, and I couldn't see anything. But it did mm. look like like a like a Hammer production, like one of those old school horror movies. I will say that if it was not and it was created for the movie, then it was it, that part was actually done pretty well because it looked yeah. legitimate. But, but I, I, I think you're right. I think it's an actual movie. And it did seem kind of tame for like a horror fan club unless they're just appreciating <laughs> it for what it did when it was released. Oh, my. But yeah, so they're watching this uh, this movie. Which, uh, so I want to play this little scene here, actually, because the teacher, uh, there's a teacher that walks in, in the middle of it, uh, and kind of shuts them down, and, uh, this is, this is kind of what happens here. I'll just play this little scene. What exactly was that, Mr. Brower? A gallbladder, sir. (laughs) My office. Now. (laughs) The activities period was created for intellectual enrichment, which is why I have such a problem with this horror club of yours. What was that film you were watching? Death, Death, Death. Death, Death, Death. Part two. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Death, 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 part two is the best they could come up with. Yeah, right? Oh my god, like, what was, that's definitely like a late night writer's meeting, like, oh, well, man, we gotta finish this, we didn't even, we, what do we call this fake movie, fuck it, I want, I want, I want strippers and blow, death, 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 part two, done. Like, here's the, like, unless it's supposed to be some compilation, like, Faces of Death, where it's only clipped together with, like, the best horror movie scenes or something, Mm. that's the only thing I could think of. That well, that would might be that might be right because the way they were showing the movie, it when you saw clips of it, they didn't really look that connected. 
Hmm. And and when they said the gallbladder scene was coming up, I mean, I was well, I was paying attention to the little TV. I didn't see a gallbladder scene. No. I it's almost like they recorded that dialogue and then picked the movie afterwards. What's a possibility? Um they have a he has a really interesting conversation with this teacher because I love this line. It's, like, insane. So this teacher is, obviously, this is the movie's way of criticizing, like, you know, people that are like, oh, video games and horror movies make people violent, right? Yeah. And he says, uh, why do you watch these? And, of course, Edward Furlong's like, well, it's like an escape, I guess. And And he says, literally says, oh, it's an escape. Like watching a pornographic sex film and getting an erection and then raping someone? <laughs> what? I actually, my, I disagree, sir. Yeah, no shit. Guess what? I know a lot of people that watch porn and I'm pretty sure they're not raping anyone. Yep. Ed, Ed, and then Ed Furlong one-ups him by saying, erections don't rape people, people rape people. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, that's true, but also the way he worded it is insane. I thought it was insanely brilliant. It's the sort of thing that would get you fucking out on your ear in high school, but it's definitely a good comeback to a conservative, especially when they're trying to argue with you about pornography raping people. Pornography doesn't rape people. People rape people. But basically, he shuts him down at this point. He says, yeah. you're, not doing the, you're not doing the, uh, the horror club anymore. Uh, unless I approve of the movie or whatever you want to show first, which obviously, you know, this guy's not going to prove anything unless it's fucking like Wizard of Oz or something. Yeah. So that gets shut down. Um, I believe at this point he goes home to see, uh, the, what the fuck? The first disc arrives at this point. Yeah. And he's, uh, he gets home. Uh, this is the point where I was like, Kyle doesn't look like a teenager i had to look it up and saw that kyle was indeed 27 when they shot this 27 in 1994 yeah and you're gonna play a teenager you know in high school and whatnot friend of a 15 year old yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's almost like they had like it's almost like when they put eddie furlong like they can't lie about his age because everyone knows Eddie Furlong. And it's yeah. like the other people, they got to just, we'll just pretend they're young. No one knows those actors. So is this the part where he's playing the um, the message from his dad? Yeah, and he's answering it kind of. Yeah. At this point, I'm just like, what a little bitch to complain. I mean, honestly, okay, bud, I appreciate you lost your mom, but he lost his wife. Yeah. And they he still seems to be holding things together pretty well for you (laughs) and the dad says i'll be a couple days not see you next month yeah and he even tells him that he loves him at the end of it yeah i'm such a parent now (laughs) it's like 10 years ago you'd be like man fuck that that dad sucks now you're like fucking eddie furlong have some fucking respect yeah you whiny little bitch (laughs) he even bought that sweet old school cd rom setup for you do you notice how he put the cd in that yes he had to take gonna... the tray like out all the way out of the computer put it in the holder then put it back into the computer you know what i thought he was doing at first though i thought he was just putting the entire case in there yeah nope like with the cd <laughs> in it and i was like that is not how that works <laughs> like that is some basic research there folks <laughs> 
But yeah, no, I've never. Okay, when I had a CD-ROM drive, I never took out the entire tray. Yeah, it was just you press the button, the little gears brought the tray out. You put the CD on the tray, you push the button, and the gears pulled it back in. That's to show you that he's quirky. No, I have only I have seen that type of CD-ROM uh, rig before, but okay. it was it was in like. 1995 <laughs> so it is true to it like that's the way it was with computers at the time mm-hmm. so it's strange though like i i was i did think that he was just putting the case in because i've never seen that before but um so he gets brain scan in the mail here uh and the his reaction is like what i didn't order this you you know that it's on the way yeah the guy said on the phone, it's coming to you, but he acts like he wasn't expecting it. Mm. it it's it's really strange. I um, did like how that when he's getting ready to play his game, mm-hmm. there's a party happening next door at Kimberly's. Yeah, Kimberly, the, yeah, the, the neighbor, yeah, yeah. The girl he's perving on. Yeah. And uh, this is where I have my note. Meanwhile... At the How Adults See Kids party. <laughs> because oh, yeah. that's what, exactly what that was. <laughs> it was nothing but old people cliches as to how they thought kids behaved at parties in the 90s. Oh, there were no young consultants on this movie. Nope. <laughs> they didn't, Not they a didn't one. Have, they didn't have time to ask Edward Furlong, hey, is this how you and your friends do things? <laughs> yeah. So... Well, Eddie puts the uh, puts the game in, mm-hmm. and he has to dial the number one eight hundred fear one eight hundred five 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 fear. Oh, right, yeah, because every movie has to have that. Yeah, so <laughs> they have the uh, the intro where he's like, um, where he's is. I've played them all. This video game, that video game, and they're like, video games are ancient history. It's, Meanwhile, I'm watching this on my PS4. Yeah, 1994 <laughs> was the death of video games. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he so he gets sucked into this like into this virtual reality, yep. or so the game says anyway. No, no, it's 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 hypnotic. They even say yeah. that it's going to put you into a trance-like state, not unlike hypnosis. Right. Everything, but it's it's sort of like it. It seems sort of like virtual reality, though. Just just because we're seeing it from like his perspective. Yeah. Um. But of course, obviously, we learn more later that it may not be what it appears to be. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Because they show the timer and then they just cut to a first person view. Right. Just for this scene, though, that was weird. I was really upset that they that they continued. They didn't continue with that. Yeah, I I wonder if it was like a budget thing or well, I I I'm guessing that people were like I don't know, the director may have been like, "Well, the genie's out of the bottle or the cat's out of the bag. We might as well just show everything as it's yeah. happening in real time." Which they <laughs> yeah. don't. It's kind of a shame, but uh so he breaks into this stranger's house or the first person view breaks into this stranger's house yeah because the 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 voice tells him you're gonna be in the in the mind of a serial killer yeah yeah and so he's in the kitchen and there's like well you need to pick one he's he's looking at all these utensils i just noted i would have chose the tongs (laughs) 
I was really hoping he was going to pick, like, was there, like, a crab hanging from there? There was a spatula and a a set of tongs along with the knife. I I thought there was, like, a crab there, too. (laughs) A spatula would have been great, too. Yeah. Just flattening his face. (laughs) Oh, reboot. Like you said, we're doing it. (laughs) But, yeah, he picks the knife. (laughs) <laughs> eventually, after much consideration and much, much much hesitation, stabs him in the back several times. Several times. This guy does the craziest like <laughs> death dance <laughs> as he's like walking, like frantically running around his room and like knocking everything down. <laughs> yeah, it's it just his like that combined with him like, ah, ah. but like comedy. He, he goes down for the count. <laughs> Yep. And uh, the voice in his head is like, uh, now it's time to get creative. And he sees a foot tattoo on the guy. He's like, I'm going to cut his foot off, essentially. Yep, and he takes his foot as a souvenir. And the guy who got killed, he was wearing paisley pajamas. I mean, he really deserved what he got. (laughs) Damn you! (laughs) You got your just desserts. Yeah. Speaking of just desserts, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> after that, after no. he comes out of the trance or out of the mm. game, yeah, he's got like time to spare, but he's like, this is so intense, and he's just hand eating stuff, and not like, to mention the milk and drinking the milk. I'm like, what a pig! Oh, the milk is just like going down his chin. Yeah, I was like, you can drink milk like a normal person, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> So he, he goes over to the window, looks out the window. Meanwhile, the party's still raging over at Kimberly's, and he still doesn't have the guts to go over and talk to her. He just murdered somebody, but he's still afraid of girls. Yeah, also, when he goes... This is a little continuity thing, and normally, like, I kind of brush most of the stuff off, but it was super noticeable, because he goes up to the window, there is nothing on his face. Yeah. And he goes back and sits down, and it's still, like, covered with milk. <laughs> and as he leans back... <laughs> I gotta say, I hate to be the guy to say this again, but it looks like someone just jizzed in his face. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, just his, like, his, like, <sighs> just, like, running down his chin. I don't think that anybody on the receiving end of that would be like, <sighs> the person may be distributing it, possibly. He was not versed as an actor yet, so he wasn't sure about the reaction he should give. So, I blame you, Mr. John Flynn, director. So he's still clearly jealous of Kimberly's party and decides to crank it up. Yeah, deal with that, bitches. <laughs> Showed no one. Yeah, no one no one cared. Yeah. Um, but he does get the nerve up. He does want to go over and talk to Kimberly. Because mm-hmm. that's what that coming up next. And uh, he goes over, knocks on the door, and... Dad, who is, you know, being typical dad, I guess, gives him this attitude but invites him in. And, man, her parents are so white. See, here's the thing. I saw their living room. (laughs) And I'd been in living rooms like that in the 90s. And they were nothing but the living rooms of conservative people who watch the news far too much and are afraid of everything. 
<laughs> it's true. Well, they have the news on as soon as he comes in. Yeah. But here's, they're so desensitized to the news that when they show the report on the murder Mm. and he gets all like, oh my God, I, 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 I gotta go. Like he's clearly disturbed by the murder. They're like, what's that all about? Kids, right? Can't (laughs) stand a little murder. What a pansy. He's disturbed by a murder, like close to where he lives. What a weirdo. (laughs) That, cause that's what I, that's what I thought too. Like normally I'd be like, all right, you're being really suspicious here, but also it's like, well, no, cause if he was acting like that, uh, for a murder that happened close by, anybody else would have guessed that they would have said, oh, he's just freaking out because it's, you know, scary or, and it's close at, to where he lives. You know, even if without that, they could have been like, oh, did you know him? Yeah, that too. Exactly. Because it was one of their neighbors. Right. Like it's in the vicinity. Yeah. So he he does kind of make himself very obvious, though, when he goes to the crime scene and goes underneath the tape, mm. like the police line tape. And we I think I guess we met him a little bit earlier, but he didn't really do anything noteworthy up to this point. But we see Frank Langella's uh, role yeah, in this movie. Yeah, Detective Skeletor. But here's the thing. Frank Langella looks Detective like... Detective Skeletor. <laughs> okay, fine. Detective Skeletor. Looks like he does not want to be there. He probably doesn't want to be. Oh my god, I have never seen, and I think Frank Langella is a great actor, but I have never seen a a more emotionless performance from a like a more like a talented actor like that. Like that is like just nothing. He gives nothing, and I don't blame him. I'm not saying I do. <laughs> so, this is where old Eddie, Michael, whatever starts to get suspicious of the fact that maybe I actually did something because all this is super familiar. Mm-hmm. And he goes and looks in his freezer. Oh, by and... the way, he has a full apartment set up. Oh, yeah. He lives in a mansion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a... Like, I'm super jealous. 94 me is jealous of 94 Edward Furlong Michael whatever. <laughs> Well, literally, I would love to have that set up. Everybody in this movie is super rich. Yeah. (laughs) Like, everybody. There's no poor folk. No. This is like, this is like, uh, like Stepford Wives area town. (laughs) So he opens his refrigerator and guitar riff reveal. Oh, I love that. The severed foot is there on top of his French Canadian Swanson. (laughs) So. He tries to he tries to call brain scan mm-hmm. at this point, and this is when the trickster comes out of his television. Oh, the trickster! Now, here is where my reboot will veer off. <laughs> Go on, because I feel the best way to serve the creepy and scary for this movie is to have trickster be an unseen entity Mm -hmm. communicating with Michael through the phone or through the internet that nobody else can see or hear, which leads you to think that Michael is crazy. Yeah. Well, and also I will say too, when trickster shows up and you actually see him, I think it takes away a lot because he's not scary. It's more off putting. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, hideous. He's got a great head of hair. Yep. 
and that um, is he's got like that that Julia Roberts smile, where it just <laughs> you know where his her mouth should stop. There's just more mouth. He's got like Andy McDowell hair though, right? Um, the both beautiful women put them yeah, together. Oh, yeah. a hideous human being. <laughs> yeah. But if you if you take their, you know what makes up a Julia Roberts and an Andy McDowell, put it together, make it genetically male, hideous, hideous being, just terrifying and ever on every uh, level. So, and I think the reason why they went with this is that in the like in the nineties or at least like in the like the mid 80s to the 90s if you were making a horror franchise you needed to have a monster a mascot something you could see yeah and right? i'm just like did they really think this one was going to like catch on you know keep throwing shit at the wall see what sticks that's that's yeah. really all it was but the trickster ends up uh <laughs> for some reason i wrote that he reminded me of like drop dead fred very much so yep and he's a bit of a music snob. Yeah, he's like, don't you have anything good? Luckily, he has some sweet Primus. Which, the trickster dan- has a little dance number, too. <laughs> um, and trickster is, is basically tells him, like, it doesn't matter if it's real or not real. Didn't you like it? Didn't you enjoy doing it? And now you gotta, and now you gotta eliminate the witnesses, or whatever he says there. Yeah. Which Ed Furlong is, is like, there there were no witnesses? Well, he even says, I didn't even know the guy. And he says, that's what this makes it great. It's so random. Just like the animal kingdom. There's no, you know, in the animal kingdom, does, does the prey, or does the predator know the prey? And I'm just like, you know what? I never thought of it that. Randomness does make the most sense if you want to be a mass murderer. Oh, no. Maybe we shouldn't have done this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to get some logic from it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to go become a serial killer or something like that, not knowing the individual makes it harder for you to get caught. But this, I think this is the point where he says, uh, oh, you got to find, you got to, you got to kill the witness. Right. And the only witness I could think of was the cat. So I was like, yeah, go kill that cat. How dare you? Does that bother you? <laughs> Thankfully, spoiler alert, there's no cat or dog killing in this movie. No, it, it turns out they're saying that, uh... Well, he says, no, there are technically two witnesses. The... Yeah. M- myself included, but, but I wouldn't tell. tell. They'll, they could break my finger one by one. They could pluck out my eyeballs. But please, no country and western music. He's almost like he's almost like a horror version of like the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's calling. Yep. Yeah. No, it was inspired. I did have some issues with the country and western music thing. Well, I'm just saying Johnny Cash is great. No, he is great. You shut your filthy whore mouth. Good day, sir. You good day. Nathan, be careful he doesn't come through the TV there. Trickster, what a snub. Nah, it's okay, I got the football game on. He doesn't like, you know, manly things. <laughs> but he does like Primus. Well, yeah. Um. So yeah, at this, so he says, uh, uh, so he says, yeah, you need to kill a witness. And he gives him the second disc. Yes. 
Um, actually, no, before this, we, sorry, he's trying to get, he needs to get rid of the evidence first. Yeah, and he tries to get rid of, gets rid of the, try to get rid of the foot anyways. Yeah, and the, 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 this dog, who we saw at the beginning of the movie, uh, takes the foot. (laughs) This starts a great bit that comes back later, is that Eddie Furlong thinks he can have, like, full communication, conversations (laughs) with dogs that understand him. Edward Furlong, dog whisperer. Right? Like, it's not even like, here, boy, here, boy, drop it. He's like, hey, listen, I know you're good, dog. And if you do this for me, I'll never ask you for anything else ever again. And lo and behold, the dog understands the English language like that well, (laughs) drops the foot, runs off. Yep. Uh, But then, of course, like, he has a close call because the guy, guy who owns the dog, I believe... It is a police officer, right? Just going out for a walk. I wasn't even sure if that was made clear. Oh no, you're no. You know what? I don't think it is because later on, when the dog appears, it's a neighborhood watch thing. So I don't think he's a police dog. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the guy he has a close call. He almost gets caught, but he gets rid of the foot. And uh, I, I think, and then he has his little fight, his little spat with Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know. He, he want he hasn't heard from him, and he's trying to keep Kyle away from the house because he doesn't want him to get hurt, get involved. And then yeah, so Kimberly gives him his homework. He freaks out because she gets he gets his other copy of Brain Scan. It's like the next disc, and uh, you know he, he breaks it out of frustration. And here's I guess the the thing that made me question this: when Kimberly shows up, he he see he looks out and he's like, oh shit, he's trying to put himself together how would he tell it was her because he kind of straightens himself up or tries to like i don't know tries to get himself straight did he look but, out his window in the bedroom no because he comes down the stairs and he peers around the corner he's like oh shit and he starts trying to like you know get himself all looking well but I'm like, she wouldn't have known it was her because of the frosted glass. All he would have seen was the outline of a person. I mean, she did ring the doorbell in a pretty sexy way. Well, that must have been it. And this is where you could tell she's clearly into him and he's an idiot. Hardcore into him. Yeah. She's like, I got your homework. He didn't ask her to do that. No. And she goes, do you need me to stick around? Oh, I guess I'll see myself out. If you need anything, call me. So much teenaged angst in this scene. But... This is where he finds, you're right, the, the second CD has arrived. And he thinks he broke it, but he just kind of proceeds in trashing the case for it. Yeah, because Trickster shows back up and he's like, oh, just make another disc. I actually have a note. Oh, Trickster, you must have sustained yourself on scenery alone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, uh, he, he gets some, some crazy business with everything in the scene. Yeah. And he's and just he, like gross. <laughs> oh, he's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything about him is gross. Um so this is the yeah, so this is when he does the ne- he uses the next disc and he wants to this, set up like a video confession. Yeah, he sets up a camera to to see if he can capture like uh if he if he gets up out of his chair or if he stays there. So he puts the disc in, goes into the game and then suddenly he's out. Yeah. We don't get to see. We don't get the first person view this time. No, and then suddenly he finds out, oh, I got up? What the hell? Finds finds Kyle's uh, pendant in the freezer. Bloody pendant. And uh, I guess he's killed Kyle off screen. 
Which, I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was weird. I See, because it was off screen, I thought there was going to be some kind of twist there where, like, oh, he it was someone else he killed or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the like, only reason that would make sense. Like, why not just show that scene? Yeah. And yeah. because it's just... This is where, like I, like I said in the first part, when we get the first person view in the first one, it's a shame that they don't continue with it through the rest of the movie. Yeah, just to remind this movie, hey movie... You're rated R. Yeah. You and can I show even, stuff. I would have even taken this if they had done the first person view until he got to the victim. Sure. You know? And then, like, so you don't know who the victim is until he looks in the freezer. Yeah. I'd, I'd give it that. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um. So this is... Okay, this is what I was talking about earlier. I think this is finally where the trickster shows up again. And this is, uh, it, it, he, it basically, Eddie Furlong at this point is like, no, I'm not, you just made me kill my, my best friend. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play this game anymore. Well, we got, what do I got? He's looking at Fangoria and Sleepwalkers was on the cover of Fangoria. <laughs> Great flick. Fantastic movie. <laughs> uh, in the <laughs> sense that this one is. <laughs> and this is where I noted where he's like, cause he tries to call Kyle's place. Mm-hmm. When he thinks that, you know, that I killed Kyle and uh, Detective Skeletor picks up the phone and he just says later and hangs it up. And this is where I noted if he that's his end signal. This is where I'm like, anytime he said later in a conversation, it would end the phone call. Yep. And <laughs> so they do the whole buddies forever smaltz thing because um, Kimberly comes over with uh with uh, some stuff and a petition that Kyle had started to save the horror club and he wrote down on the bottom buddies forever question mark oh yeah <laughs> so we get he's watching the news and for some reason they have slow motion news yes I wrote that down too. I didn't. Yeah. I don't get. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> so I'm like the detective has arrived. Now <laughs> here he is in slow motion. Yeah. So this is where Trickster shows up again, and he's like, yeah. "Have you got anything to eat?" And he's just eating, just eating stuff and being gross. Oh, it's disgusting. He puts like mustard on like bananas or something. Yeah, and we find out this is where he's intrigued by the Three Stooges. Yes, that was the best reaction because yeah. it wasn't a laugh. It wasn't like a oh, it was just like he just settled in very like casually. Now this is the part that you were thinking of earlier. Yeah, where oh, the yeah. doorbell rings and Michael's gonna go down and answer the door, and Trickster's like, "Trust me, if you want this to go easily, you won't do that." Mm. And he goes downstairs and he answers the door. And it's Detective Skeletor. A Detective Skeletor is like he is not a good he is not a good police officer. I should say I don't think he's a um I don't think he uh he, he works outside of the bounds of the law, I think. Oh, he's not a straight arrow cop is what you're no, getting at. Not no, not at all. Yeah. And he also comes in and he's like, you know, we talk to uh, kids at the school about you. And he, Eddie Furlong, of course, trying to be casual and stuff. So like, well, I hope it's everything good. No, they called you a freak. You called you strange and weird and frightening. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. It's been clearly shown that he has a group of friends, which proves that he didn't talk to Eddie's group of friends. No. He just talked to the jock douchebag on the football team who has does no idea about him, but is more than glad to call him a freak or a homo or something. Yeah, and then, and then, and then they try to play this moment of, like, comedy for Langella as they leave, as the detectives leave. And he's like, no, no. I'm gonna drive. I'm tired of your driving twenty miles per hour. Yeah, ha, 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 these ha, that's cops a joke. apparently have a relationship that we don't get treated to. No, that's it. Like that's all we see. Yeah, and, and that was like that was like if Langella is gonna straight arrow like this whole movie or straight face with no emotion, don't give him like a comedy moment. Yeah, and he's like he says to his partner, he says like, you know, the the fire was still warm. It's summer. I was like, how is it summer? School is in. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Summer school that everybody yeah. goes to. Everybody in that town has failed school. So every single <laughs> kid is going the to principal. school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is where they go up, and they're doing gross on purpose at this point. Because yeah. this is where he's putting mustard on, like, bananas and stuff. And pickles <laughs> and eating a raw chicken and stuff. Yeah. So... Trickster starts trying to get into the mind of old Michael where he's he's talking about, you know, uh, Michael killing himself and whatnot. Well, there's a noose in the room. Yeah. Well, that, that's there the whole time. That, but that that is... I think that's weird set deck. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be obsessed with, like, horror movies and death and stuff like I, that. I guess, but I would think the dad would be like, all right, that's like the extent of it. I'm not letting you have that. <laughs> like, I don't know. You can have anything else you want, but this like setup that means you could just like slip into it at any point. No, I think we're going to drop this one. <laughs> well, okay, maybe a full on noose is a bit much. But I remember when I was a kid and I learned how to tie a noose, I immediately hung a stuffed animal. And uh, my parents were fine with that. <laughs> if there was a stuffed animal hanging from the noose, I think it would have been less weird, honestly. Okay, oh, it would make sense. Just the empty noose, though, I was like, what? <laughs> I like the at this point where Trickster talks about his mother abandoning him. Oh, yeah, yeah. She died, asshole. Abandoned you be- via heart stoppage. Yeah. You fucking... She, she, she failed to continue breathing. Yeah, you know, Trickster's being a real dickster, if you ask me. Oh! But yeah, so he's like, you have, to, you have to kill one more witness, and you know who it is. It's a female. You know who she is. Ooh, who could it be that he's talking about? Yeah, Kimberly, because then we get the next scene that's kind of a legal gray area. <laughs> yeah, I was watching this, and I'm like, oh, how... I, I feel like there's only certain things she can do to him in this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he has, like, a sex dream about Kimberly. Yep. But all they can really do is have her, like, kiss him a few times, and she kind of mounts him, but then that's about it. Yeah. Because she turns into a middle-aged man, which is even more disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to strangle him. Which, right. you know, he might be into, considering what? he has a noose and everything. I was gonna say, is that still part of the sex dream? <laughs> he wakes up and he's like... Oh, that got really good at the end. (laughs) But, oh, don't forget, when Detective Skeletor came to visit Michael, he told him about the article uh, that 
was in the paper, which was quoted verbatim what he told Kimberly. Right, but that was the same day, was it not? I don't know if it's exactly the same day. Let's, for the sake of not tearing any more of this movie apart, we'll say it was a day or two later. Okay, I, I I hesitate to accept this uh, this plot development, but I'll go with it. <laughs> Look, I just want to move on to this because this is where he gets all pissed off at her because of that. And yeah, he thinks she like sold him out by talking yeah. about what he said to her in private in the paper. And she's all like really remorseful and stuff. And she's like wanting somebody to else wrote it. Yeah, yeah and I'm like yeah. man, this is your chance. Parlay this into your very your first time like awkward as it might be because it's guilt sex but i mean you know at that age sex is sex this has been teen advice with nathan (laughs) my kids better not be listening to this (laughs) yeah if you if you if you are one of nathan's children turn this off right now (laughs) that is not good advice any other teenager that's great advice (laughs) And, and and Also, don't turn this off if you're anyone else. Please, I love you. Thanks. (laughs) So, Detective Skeletor uh, comes into Michael's place with no proof of a warrant or anything. Yep, that's the part I was talking about when I said he's a bad cop. Yep. And, uh, so... But that's just a brief moment where he's scooping up ashes, which he's gonna do some CI shit to, but... (laughs) I don't feel like any sort of CSI shit is going to work on Ashes. No. I wanted to see the scene where he takes them back to the to the to the station and be like, "Oh, just as I thought, it proves nothing." <laughs> so just back to the movie. <laughs> they organize an a fucking neighborhood watch. Yeah. And holy Miami Vice. Am I right? <laughs> and Principal Bowtie is there. Principal Bowtie, love it. Yeah, and so there's like, he's like, I know that some of you have weapons, but I don't want to see a single weapon in anybody's hand tonight. The principal has one, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) everybody else does too. He's a shit cop when it comes to that. Yeah. Because nobody gets arrested. (laughs) He's also like, I don't care if you have a water pistol. Yeah. So at this point, Eddie Furlong is basically, he has to, he's told that he left behind some evidence when he killed Kyle. The footprints. Because of his distinctive limp, they'd be able to figure it was him. Which I think he forgot about at some scenes. Several times. Okay, I did notice that a couple times. Like, wait, isn't he supposed to be limping? Yeah. (laughs) Because he has his knee all messed up from that car accident when he was a kid. So he's not selling properly, is what you're getting at. <laughs> That's right. He's he's got uh, that reference. Thinks he's the Undertaker or something. Just right. no selling everything. There we go. We hadn't had one up until that point. I we had to get one in there. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you got to get rid of this evidence. You got to get rid of your fo- you got to get rid of your footprints. So Eddie goes to Kyle's house where there is a. I think they believe there is a cop there still doing like investigating and stuff. It's isn't it Skeletor's partner? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, which it, it was hard for me to keep track because he was barely a factor in the movie up to this point. Mm. He, at the same time, Trickster calls the Kyle's house to tell tell the guy that Eddie Furlong's in the or someone's in the backyard. What a dick, right? What a dickster! So he, uh, he Eddie makes it out of the yard mm-hmm. after clearing off his footprints. Gosh, they'll never catch him now. 
and he, uh, all the millions of other footprints he left behind him as he ran away. Right. Um, he, uh, he runs off or limps away and runs into the whole neighborhood watch thing. He managed to avoid most of them except for Principal Bowtie. Yes. Who, by the way, gets what he deserves. What a great, ridiculous death scene. <laughs> They're by like an abandoned warehouse or something. No, it's a construction site, isn't it? Well, because he's crushed by bricks. <laughs> a ton of bricks. Literally a ton of bricks. Like a ridiculous amount of bricks. <laughs> Just, uh, he, and, and they're like being precariously held there because all he does is like move like a piece of wood and they're all like, <laughs> he tumble. kicks, a, he cooks like a, a plank out of the way and they all fall down on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Eddie gets out of there. He makes another deal with the dog. Right, the littlest hobo shows up again. So he shows up and Eddie talks to him and tells him to leave him alone. Yep. And then, um, <laughs> the insane is like the cops, the the cops show up, or one, the, the cop from Kyle's house shows up, uh, uh, Skeletor's partner. Let's call him Beast Man. Beast Man, okay. Uh, you know, he's Skeletor's partner. <laughs> right. So Beast Man shows up. And gets shot by one of the neighborhood watch guys who freaks out because he just sees someone and decides to shoot him. Yeah, and I gotta say, as far as partnerships go, the Skeletor's got a pretty light reaction. Uh, oh, you mean you didn't think it was emotionally charged when he said, alright, who wants to call his wife? It's like, he's your partner. Shouldn't you be, like, bitch-slapping somebody right now? That's what I'm saying. Frank Langella does not give a shit in this movie. No. (laughs) Like, as an actor, he's like, I'll fucking do this, and then I'm out. One take for each shot. Don't care. (laughs) How much are you paying me? All right, hurry up. (laughs) So, he gets back home, comes out of his trance. Right? Mm, yes. Yes, and here's the thick of it. Okay, he interacts with the dog and does the the bargaining thing that he did earlier mm-hmm. as himself. But yep. while in the video game where he's supposed to be in the mind of a serial killer. Yeah, this movie is very inconsistent with that mm. whole back and forth. Like it doesn't it it makes no sense. Like sometimes you're like, oh wait, he's not him though, and oh why would he remember that, or why would they remember him from that? Like there's the writing, there was no read, there was no like um, continuity person on set. I don't believe right because <laughs> then he gets when he comes out of the trance, he's like, what did I do? Or he kind of remembers actually because he says, you told me I you know I wouldn't kill anybody. You mean, you told me I wouldn't have to kill anyone! And technically, he didn't He didn't kill anyone. No. The falling bricks and the other neighborhood watch guy was the one who killed people. Are you saying that the brick killed the prick? Yes. Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he didn't, like, stab the guy. No, he didn't stab him. All he did was... He kicked loose uh, a precariously paced... You know who killed the principal? Uh, Workplace negligence. Yeah, shoddy workmanship. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, not workmanship, just workplace negligence. Where were the signs? Where was the the caution should have had a hard hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what we're trying to just say is uh, construction workers get at us on Twitter. Yeah. Well, no, I think construction workers would agree. You know, that... 
First of all, the principal didn't have a hard hat on. And number two, that load of bricks was propped up ridiculously lightly with a one plank. Yeah, ridiculously lightly. And I feel like it was an obscene amount of bricks, too. Yeah. Like, that. there's there's no way. Like, I... Okay, we live in places where the construction happens all the freaking time. Have you ever walked by and seen, like, that many bricks just, like, in a stack, like, above where it could, like, fall and kill someone? Held up by one board? Yeah, never. No. Never. That's ridiculous. This oh. has been Nathan and Brendan, Work Safe New Brunswick. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, this is where he really starts to turn on Trickster. Mm. And he tries to, like... I don't know, he tries to, like, fight him or something. Yeah, and then Trickster turns his blood into a CD. And he's like, man, all I could think was, shit, another T-1000. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, especially later. Like, because this is the point where Trickster tells him he's got to go kill Kimberly. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't, I, he's like, if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, the, that's it. So you kill her. Or you're going to get killed. And so he's like, alright, I'll do it. And, uh, of course he can't do it. He has to, for some reason, fight Trickster at Kimberly's place? Yeah, and this is what you said, like the T-1000 thing. And then he yeah. literally swallows Eddie Furlong. Yeah. With the, the some of the, the greatest special effect work ever. Hey, for 1994, that wasn't too bad. Well, I mean, I was going to say, Spawn was 97, and this looked... Uh, close to that level. So. Right. But three years before. Yeah. <laughs> and Spawn was the special event spectacle of 1997 summer. So back to Brain Scan. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he can't do it. He swallows him whole. And then all of a sudden, Eddie Furlong is like possessed by the trickster because we're and introducing that now. The most acting he's done in the entire movie. <laughs> it's true. And Kimberly, again, the problem with people reacting in this movie, she is watching two people, like, meld together. Yes, one is physically swallowing the other, and her brain is not broken. Yeah, she's just like, oh my god! (laughs) That's it? (sighs) You should be, like, passing out from from fear. Like, something. Yeah, so he... Edward Furlong is still fighting off, uh... The trickster. Yeah. Because he won't well, do it. This Still won't where, do it. Yeah, because, like, well, when he becomes, like, possessed, the reason he comes out of it is Kim- Kimberly is telling him, like, well, I spy on you, too, and I yeah. have pictures of you. <laughs> She's that, all pervy. That I keep by my bed at all times just in case you come in and you're possessed by the trickster. Oh, no, not pervs of a feather flock together. <laughs> and he eventually comes out of it, um, and then he's like, you know what? I'm not going to kill her. Game over for you, Trickster. But Trickster's got one more... Trick up his sleeve? Yeah, I was going to go there, but I didn't. (laughs) I did, because I've been drinking. (laughs) Oh, I should have been drinking. But yeah, so yeah, he's got one more trick up his sleeve. And lo and behold, it's Detective Skeletor, Mm -hmm. who shoots Eddie Furlong, yells out, Murderer! Yeah, no... Freeze. Nope. Not stop or I'll shoot. Not nope. put your weapon down. No stop or my mom will shoot even. Well, I mean, why would you? 
great film. Just Hashtag kidding. coming Don't. soon. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, yeah, kills Eddie Furlong by shooting him, but... No! That's, that's my note. That's okay. the note I have there. It was a dream. Fuck you, movie. That was all a dream. And I knew it was coming. And I, I, I that's why I asked you, do you, have you ever seen this movie when we were first discussing it? And mm-hmm. you were like, no, I haven't. I'm like, I'm not spoiling the ending. Oh, my God. The ending spoiled the ending. The ending is a... Well, I mean, this part here, it's a huge kick in the nuts. Yeah. Anytime this happens in a movie, I I can't help but think, but fuck you, movie. You just wasted an hour and a half of my life. The only time I accepted it was The Wizard of Oz. Because, yeah, okay, so the first to do it, you get a pass. Well, yeah, and I just think that movie, it's so fantastical that you're like well obviously this is not real life it had to be a dream right and it makes sense because they set it up and you know you she gets knocked unconscious and it makes sense this movie no so he finds out that literally as soon as he put the game in he's just back to that point in time like two hours later yeah because like none of the time none of the days have passed or anything the the party uh where it's you know the party where the way adults see teenagers is still happening over at Kimberly's. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kyle calls him. He's like, man, don't play the game because some kid had like an aneurysm or something because of the seizures inducing lights or something. Yeah. And Kyle is like, let's go to this party. I mean, I got to get home to my wife and kids soon, but <laughs> let's go see what's up over de- next door. Because <laughs> he's 27. Indeed. But here's the thing. What? What happens with a game like that? Let's pretend we're in that universe. What happens with a game like that once the gimmick gets out to everyone? Oh, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows it's just a game, so as soon as you start playing, it's, you're gonna, nothing's, you know, keep playing until the end, until Detective Skeletor shoots you, and then (laughs) you wake up and you're fine. I hope it's the same storyline for everyone. <laughs> yeah, death by no design whatsoever. There's no, like, good long-term business plan for a game like that at all. No. It's, yeah. And but, he, he, well, Eddie finally makes his move on Kimberly. Yeah. Yep. Which, this is where the movie starts to get really, uh confusing because you're like oh okay so the stuff where she said she watched him like that wasn't a thing then but she still knew that he watched her because that was before he started playing the game yeah this is where things take a real weird turn yeah and it's like okay that's the first sign that's like okay this is weird um but here's the thing if we reboot this yeah again brendan if we reboot this which we will it's coming which we will we'll include the whole it's a dream thing too because you know fuck people right exactly this would be more plausible now because anybody who's running like a, like a computer game, uh, video game type situation would have the ability to hack the people around the person who's playing as well. So they would know, oh, she's a perv too. Let's throw that into the game. Right. And not call the cops. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So what you're saying is like they they the game would know kind of everybody's personality and integrate that into the game. Yes. So it wouldn't be like to make it more realistic too. Right. They would know it through like social media and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly hacking their iPhone. But of course that didn't exist, so it makes no sense. Right. Um. So and then she doesn't even like really commit to anything. She's like, I don't know, maybe, and then kisses him on the mouth. Which mm. I'm like, all right, that's a yes, come on. Yeah, but she totally owns him now. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, would you like to, like, go out with me? And she was like, mm, no, but I'll consider it, maybe. I was like, oh, you're her bitch. You are <laughs> such her bitch now. <laughs> yeah. Mwah, bye. <laughs> you f- uh, so, in the last little bit here. This, oh, this don't is forget... Where- Kyle hooks up with her friend Stacy, oh, who's yeah, a total her, bitch. Who we've met, like, once before. Yeah, and Edward Furlong even says to her, could you not be a total bitch for a second? I feel like there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor in this movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like we needed to see Stacy being a bitch, not just Ed Furlong saying, you're always a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Although, then <laughs> again... Want... Now I want to see John here in this movie. <laughs> what? I want to see Napoleon Dynamite in this movie. Oh, oh you're such a bitch. Oh, you're such a bitch, Stacy. God. God. <laughs> Although he would have stick? to say, he would have to say jerk, though, because that movie was uh, written by uh, a Mormon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> True fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, so Eddie Furlong is like, go, goes to see Principal Bowtie, who's of course is also still alive. Did we cover the fact that he actually finds out that she's pervy in real life? Does he find out in that? Does he find out again? He found out. He found out in the game. Nobody. He sees in her room. Yeah. Which again makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah. So then he goes to see Principal Bowtie, and he's like, "Hey, I got a thing. You, we can. I want to show the the horror club. It's called Brain Scan. Maybe you should play it to approve it." Tee <laughs> Yeah. And so, the only thing I can think that means is that he wants to kill his principal with an aneurysm. Right. Like okay. any like any teenager. I suppose. <laughs> so he gives the game to him, and then the trickster shows up! So is he hallucinating, or is this just like a him kind of remembering and be like, yeah, you're, you'll get him. You're, you'll get him, buddy. Yeah, so that's what I'm wondering. So I'm wondering, yeah, is he hallucinating or is the trickster real? Or is all of this reality still part of the game? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not made super clear. And then the most egregious part of this twist, the credits start. And we have some more awesome soundtrack. Yeah, and then the trickster's like, hold on, you forgot about something. And I'm like, what? And they just show the dog with the foot in its mouth. Yeah. In real life. Right, and if it was, that, if, again, what? if it was to believe that he came out of the game, then the foot thing would never have happened. The dog would never... The dog is part of the game! Right! He's 100% part of the game. <sighs> but, okay, yeah, if you're going to say the dog is still there, or the, or the dog's there, or the dog is just from the game, that makes no sense. Um, the murder can't be real because that was because kyle's still alive as his principal mm-hmm. bow tie and also also the biggest thing if we're saying that this is all fake how the fuck did he get electrocuted over the phone yeah what the 
because Fuck even movie. that part has to be real because yeah. that happens before he goes in the game. Oh my god. There's a voice <laughs> keeps on calling me <laughs> down the road. That's where I'll always be. Every stop I take, I'll make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Do, 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 do. Maybe, Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow I want to settle down. down. Until, Until tomorrow, tomorrow I'll just keep, keep moving on. on. And for some reason, so, whenever I hear that, I always finish off with, I'm living on the edge of Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Go to it every time. <laughs> Very similar sound and at the same time. Yeah. So... Well, I blame you, Comedy Central slash whatever channel played Littlest Hobo. CBC, maybe? <laughs> CTV. CTV. Yeah. I feel bad for the guy who played Trickster because he went, like, for almost ten years without screen or film work. And he also spent, apparently, according to a clip, uh, behind-the-scenes clip I watched, uh, about six and a half hours in the makeup chair every day. For that? Yep. Ooh. But... That was BrainScan. Uh, now that we've talked about this movie, we're going to take a brief break. So we will be right back. What We're Late Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK. For 25% off your first purchase, that's Schluck, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. We are back. Yeah! Woo! That took no time. No time at all. Uh... Well, uh, Nathan, I just have to say, uh, I think it's time to change the tone of this podcast. Yes, to um, to bring it down and and uh, close to the mic. Just um, you know, want to make the um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gauss. Uh, now, Gauss, if you could make some more disgusting mouth noises, you're not, you're not doing it enough for NPR. Uh, thank you, Gauss. <laughs> Gauss has just ralphed all over my lap. Mm, it's, but you know, you can actually, um, you can use that for, uh, a decorative centerpiece. Ooh. Mm, it's fun fact. You it's can really take it off. To... Also, if you want to remove it, you can use Uncle John's vinegar. There That's you go. It. Uncle John's vinegar since 1886. Uh, the vinegar of choice for all discerning crafters. That's our sponsor. Well, Nathan. Yes, Brandon. Brendan. Brendan. I think it's time for Low Haiku. Yes, uh, seventeen syllables, which will just um, it'll wrap up and and describe our film uh, ever so neatly. Uh, I don't remember who began last time. Uh, I believe I went first. 
okay. uh, last time. Okay, I'll start so, it off um, then. By all means. <clears throat> Pervy John Connor. Emotionless Langella. Fuck you, twist ending. Ah, very, very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I will now uh, proceed with mine. Okay. Let's get me. Good this lord. Could. Sorry. Go. Um, 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 um. Go. Are, okay. Go. Are we? Yeah. Are we all right? Go. Yeah. Okay. This could have been great. CDs never that advanced. Cast fed scenery. Very good, very good, very good, very good. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I'm out. So, yeah. um, I know that we, we do have our stuff that's coming up with our our awards and I feel I know this one won't be included in it mm-hmm. but I feel this one for next year is a good front runner for uh fed on scenery alone uh <laughs> nominating everybody in the cast um so what you're saying is that it's already won <laughs> almost it's almost a lock Unless something else comes up. The scenery was made of delicious pizza and everyone ate it. Yeah, they never <laughs> stopped. Well, Nathan, you know, we, we kind of said our opinion about this movie, but what do we always say? Well, Brendan, we always say... Don't take a word for us! <laughs> yes! Do not take our word for it. Well, this is a really interesting one, though, because this is one where the critics and the audience are, are quite a bit off. They're vastly... Is is this... I know, I think I've asked this before, but this is our widest margin. Um, I guess it's very possible. It, it's... Bad Boys 2 is a huge one, too. Yeah. Um, I know the biggest one of all time is Rad. <laughs> we haven't Zero. covered Rad. No, oh, sorry. No, I just mean in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> like 0 and 95. Oh, <laughs> um, this is close. Uh, like I think this Bad Boys Two and maybe like Killer Clowns. No, Killer Clowns has a good critics rating. I think it's maybe this and Bad Boys Two, somewhere between those two. But yeah, the the critics tomato meter mm-hmm. uh, gives it a seventeen, mm. but the audience gives it a sixty six zero. Yeah, that's a crazy gap. Yeah, I feel like that's a cult appreciation more it of like it could very well a... possibly be or yeah. it could just be the fact that people saw a movie called brain scan and were like i know what i'm getting into <laughs> also let's just note that it's very easy to rate something five stars on rotten tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> it literally takes no effort <laughs> um but let's 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 talk, go through some of these here. Um, this one's actually not on right on the Rotten Tomatoes site, but I want to take a snippet from uh, Roger e- what Roger Ebert said about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even really a critic. It's not even really a straight criticism. He gave it two stars out of four, by the way. But okay. this is just a little line from his review that I thought was kind of funny. He said, "I had a sinking feeling during that scene where he trains the his video camera on the girl next door and feeds his signal into a monitor." In his mind, I fear, he was thinking not, what a bod, but 
What a signal. <laughs> That's from Roger Ebert. Well, um, Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed um, has what I believe is a typo in his. Uh, the opening snippet is, Go pop in arcade instead and call it a day. Mm-hmm. I think that might possibly should say go poop in an arcade instead and call it a day <laughs> wait is there is there a movie called arcade oh i don't know oh, see that's what i that's what i thought he was saying i thought he was saying go pop in the movie arcade oh okay yeah oh i, I like but i like your version better <laughs> go poop in an arcade <laughs> and call it a day um like, there's not a lot... Like, we'll tell you right now, guys, there's not a lot of critics' reviews. Um, but this one... That are going to be favorable. Well, favorable, or in general, really. There's not a whole lot of them. Yeah, there's only 12 of them. Uh, this one's from uh, Scott Weinberg. He says, There's not a damn thing on display here that then well-traveled, that well-traveled horror fans haven't seen 300 times before, and less obnoxiously. Here's the weird thing. I'm on... Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. and a bunch of them are just, like, the score. And I have to click for full review. And some of them don't even have a full review. They're right? just the score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, Luke Thompson of the New York Times felt that it cops out at the end, but fun up until then. <laughs> hey, is, it the, is the whole thing a poem? I, I, I'm not, no, I'm not reading more. You mean the failing New York Times? Failing New York Times, yeah. Uh, there's some pretty great audience reviews on this one. Mm. Since I mentioned Roger Ebert earlier, I do want to mention this one. Uh, so it's five stars. One of the most underrated movies ever. And Roger Ebert is a cocksucker. What? <laughs> On an unrelated note, Roger Ebert is a cocksucker. Oh my god. Okay, so I've got one here from Entertainment Weekly. Ooh, that rag. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Brain Scan offers zero in the way of sick thrills. Worst of all is The Trickster, played by T. Ryder Smith, the movie's foppish pinhead Freddy Krueger wannabe, with his cut-rate warlock finery, rubbery makeup job, and very scatty pronouncements. Unleash the dark side of your soul. He has all the demonic demonic charm of a pitchman from a costume shop. (laughs) That is, you know what? That's a pretty good description of the trickster. Yeah. He is very, he is very, uh, very foppish. Oh, that, with that crushed leather jacket? Yeah. yeah. Um, here's a couple more, uh, audience ones. This, this is actually just four stars, but, uh, they, they said, uh, great cult movie, had a lot of parts that were mind screwing, not scary, hide behind your couch, but decent. And then this other one, his review is just wants to see, like he just wants to see the movie. And, uh, it just says, Looks like it could be a good movie. I'll keep my eyes peeled. <laughs> it's it's out, but guy. <laughs> it's it's out there for you now. 
Wow, this one's a long one, but I'm just going to grab the top piece here. Okay. That four and a half stars. Is this an audience? Is this audience? This is audience because okay. I've I've run out of critics reviews. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is the cream of the crop B grade movies. This seems to follow on from Terminator Two, which stars Edward Furlong as a starring role. The producers loving it because he's hot, apparently, and Edward loving it because it's about him. Wow. I don't know. Uh, it, it sounds like they're being snide. It it, it sounds... Yeah, it, that doesn't sound positive. But it's... it they, Four and a half stars. That was the half star they took off. I suppose. <laughs> the, the, the last one I have here is an audience review. It's five stars. And uh, he says, This was a good movie. I first saw it back in high school. Also, I threw my back out that night. I saw it. Don't ask. I don't intend to. My final one here, uh, it's a one-star review. No la terminé de ver mi precario esputida. Al fino ocurre una mente a de muchacho. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's being a little harsh. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know why he didn't include footnotes in that review, because I felt like it would have helped. Because his... they cut them off. Yeah, it just would have helped the argument. <laughs> Oh, I just Because I cut it. off a foot in the movie. But um, It sounded like Skype shutting down. <laughs> that was amazing. People were going to be like, did you accidentally record that? <laughs> so that was the, um, the, the, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes reviews of the movie. Um, so Nathan, this movie, Brain Scan, just to sum it up, would you say this movie is, uh, well, we know, we, I mean, we both know it's a bad movie, but as a bad movie, would you say that it is terrible, or just terrible, uh, meh-rable, or terribly enjoyable? I found it terribly enjoyable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you, um, it's not a well-made film by any stretch of the imagination, but... It's uh, it's one that you can laugh at a lot. I, I just I will say I'd watch it again unless there was like a gamma movie handy. There you go. So basically, you're saying you'd never watch it at home because you always have a gamma movie handy. Well, this is true. <laughs> but I I will say that uh, the copy that I have I'm holding on to until at least October 18th. Oh yes. <laughs> that is not a bad idea. Yeah. There are probably several movies we've covered that would work well on October 18th. Yep. Look it up, folks. Canada. Woo! Woo-hoo. Um. So, oh, say having... can you see why Canada is way better? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody's like, what are they talking about? Oh, oh. look up October 17th and you'll know. Yeah. But, Nathan, we should talk about, uh, well, actually, first of all, next week is our second annual Manos Handouts. Yes. Our award spectacular, so. Is it award season already? It is award season. I'm I'm looking forward. I got a great tux I picked out for tomorrow. Is um, it, like, crushed velvet, like the Tricksters? Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, okay, I'll just, just, you don't have to go into it then. Yeah, I, I just, you'll, 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 you'll hear. Okay. Um, well, I'll see, but they'll, <laughs> they'll hear. hear. Yeah. yeah. So award show is next week. So uh, get ready for that. We're gonna give lots of great movies some awards, and um, the week after that, however, 
our next episode is coming up. So I guess I'm just going to give you guys a little hintsky. A hint? A hint. A clue? Uh, yeah. A tidbit that might entice them as to what they should be in for? Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Maybe some sort of audio clue that will right. have them pondering. What? No. All right. I'll stop. So, um, because this is the magical world of not, this has been the magical world of not preparing, and I just came up with this clue in the last two minutes, so I'm sorry if it's obvious, but here it is. <clears throat> Don't call me, babe. Pig in the city! <laughs> Damn it! I'll have to cut that out now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there you go. So that's, uh, that's in two weeks from now. Now, uh, Nathan, you got a buddy there that wants to do some, uh, some plugging? Yes! Okay. Let's get him right here. Just give me a moment. Come on. Come on in. Yep, get up here. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Monkington III here. Yes, uh, I just would like to invite all of these uh, uh, people, once you're done listening to this drek, uh, to get involved in something a tad more cultured. Uh, involve yourself with a, a British chimpanzee who is just delightful. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Montrose Third. That's the number 3RD. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Montrose Monkington III. Third Esquire and friends, and you can also check out my YouTube channel where you get to see me the most of all at Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, I've had a rather delightful summer, and I have some new videos coming out rather soon. So do do tune into that. Um, thank you, Nathan and Brendan, for having me on here. Brendan, I also enjoyed uh, uh, in, uh, taking in some uh, local wrestling with you recently. Um, you weren't nearly as, as smelly in person as, as you are over the, uh, uh, the Skype and whatnot. Oh, um, thanks. Well, you know, I, I, I do like to give you credit uh, for being able to be hygienic in, in public. Um, thank you! More later. Well, thank you, uh, Montrose. And also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, our podcast, it's WWTT Podcast. Also, the same thing on Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search What Were They Thinking? We have a Facebook group, What Were They Thinking Interactive. And we also, uh, the podcast itself, obviously you're listening right now to your podcatcher of choice, but you can also find us on Podbean, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, so many different ca- uh, podcasters you can find us on. We also have a Redbubble page. You just go to redbubble.com slash people slash WWTT podcast. Have some great designs there. You can put on any number of products uh, from from mugs to t-shirts anything you want phone cases hoodies throw yeah. pillow covers battle axes um you can also find us on uh you can't buy axes guys don't buy an axe you can also find but you us- can get a deco like a vinyl deco and put it on your battle axe it's just as just as good yeah and if you really. do take a picture and tweet it to us you can also, uh, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash WWTT podcast. Plenty of awesome rewards there uh, for monthly donations. This is actually how this episode came to be, as we mentioned exactly. at the top. Exactly. You right. want to tell us what we should do? This is your ticket. That's your key. Patreon. Get on there. You'd be like, oh, I see what that level is. Guess what, guys? You're watching Deliverance. <laughs> You make us watch whatever you want, guys. 
Um, with the exception of uh, Serbian film and Sallow. I thought you were going to say Babe Pig in the City. Nope. Uh, yeah, with the exception of those two movies, we will literally watch anything else uh, that you want to, you know, pick for an upcoming episode. Yeah. Lots of other great great uh, things like early access bonus episodes, of which there will be one coming up before the end of the year. That will be Patreon exclusive. So if you want to jump on that, make sure you get on the page. Uh, and I think that's going to uh, that's going to do it for us. So yeah, I guess I just got to uh, ask you a question. Oh, no, before you ask us a question, I have to send out again a heartfelt thank you to Erica. Thank you so much. For this movie, I had so much fun watching it again. I hadn't watched it since the 90s. I had so much fun watching it. I had so much tearing it apart. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you very much for your patronage as well. That is awesome. Any any support we get from uh, from people is beyond amazing. So Muchly agree. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Erica, and thank you everyone else who's signed up so far. Well, shouldn't we shout out those folks? Because we got the time i think we did i think we did but i'll shout them out again i'll shout them out again we got uh, so erica we mentioned is the one who picked mm-hmm. this episode we also got steven izzy from everything yep. i learned from movies and danny all patrons patrons all great people exactly you want to be as great as them you go to patreon.com slash wwtt podcast yep but we still love you anyway all of you you're all great uh, and listeners in general we love you so much but these folks, we get to name by name. We're on a first name basis with them. Right. Because of the love. <laughs> so, Nathan, I I do have to ask you, though. Mm-hmm. So, the, in a movie mm-hmm. where Eddie Furlong is just being all... Actually, you know what? In a movie where everybody is just being disgusting with food. Yes. Which is one of my things I can't stand. <laughs> And right. in, in a movie where uh, clearly there was no one supervising the script when it came to the ending. Mm-hmm. And in a movie where the trickster is, like you said, feeding on scenery alone. Just nourishing on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just gotta ask you. Mm-hmm. What were they thinking? It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-life plot holes and gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy With your friend Steven Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com Hey, this is Liz. And this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. 
We're talking Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbeam, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. Talk to you soon. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it, and we talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah. Yeah, that good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, Peach. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we're going to end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace.